Well, it was on Monday the 13th of May 1940 that the newly elected Prime Minister Winston Churchill stood to his feet at the dispatch box. According to Hansard, the time was 2.54 p.m. I beg to move, the new Prime Minister said, that this House welcomes the formation of a government representing the united and inflexible resolve of the nation to prosecute the war with Germany to a victorious conclusion. I would say to the House, as I have said to those who have joined this government, I have nothing to offer but blood, toil, tears and sweat. We have before us an ordeal of the most grievous kind. We have before us many, many long months of struggle and of suffering. You ask, what is our policy? I will say, it is to wage war by sea, land and air, with all our might and with all the strength that God can give us. Those are the words spoken by Mr. Churchill, and it was his first speech as Prime Minister. But he he used that uh, phrase, I have nothing to offer but blood, toil, tears, and sweat. On the the Bank of England five-pound note, which I've brought one tonight for you to see is that very quote, the quote by Mr. Churchill. I have nothing to offer but blood, toil, tears and sweat. Five pound wouldn't buy you too much today. What would it buy you three litres of diesel for your car? Now, uh, at the present time, isn't it? Outrageous the price of fuel. Do you know that in Kenya today you can get a litre of diesel for 73 pence? That's just one country. Guess where, guess where their fuel comes from? The same destination that our fuel comes from. Why the difference? It wouldn't be anything to do with government tax, would it? See, everybody blames it on the war. I'm not so sure. But as we think about Mr. Churchill tonight and his quote on the Bank of England five-pound note that we use on a daily basis, I want us tonight to think about the cost of our redemption, the price of our salvation, the cost that it, the, to the Lord Jesus the price that he had to pay in order that we might be saved. And I believe that we can take Mr. Churchill's statement and we can apply it to the gospel. Because I believe that in those four words, blood, toil, tears, and sweat, you have the gospel summed up. And it's not our blood, tears, toil, and sweat, but it's the blood, toil, tears, and sweat of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And so I want us to consider tonight his blood, his toil, his tears, and his sweat in the Garden of Gethsemane. First of all, his blood. You see, there's a scarlet thread in Gethsemane. Don't we love to study the scarlet thread from Genesis to Revelation? Every reference, every passage that speaks of the blood of Christ, the scarlet thread of the Bible. Do you know that before the Savior even arrived in Gethsemane, the scarlet thread was there? You see, we read John chapter 18, verse 1 earlier. I said I would explain why we read it. John 18, 1, when Jesus had spoken these words, he went forth with his disciples over the brook Kidron. What's the significance of the brook Kidron? Let me explain. The Lord Jesus has left the upper room. He's walking with his disciples to the Garden of Gethsemane. But in order to to reach the garden, he has to cross the brook Kidron. Do you know that the word Kidron means dark waters? Literally, that's what it means, dark waters. Why is it known as the brook with the dark waters? Well, the next day, which was Good Friday, and that was the day, of course, that the Lord Jesus was crucified, that was the beginning of Passover. And the lambs would be slain in the temple at three o'clock in the afternoon, at exactly the time that the Lord Jesus Christ died for our sins. The lambs would be slaughtered. Their blood would be poured on the altar in the temple as an offering to God. But where did the blood go? The blood would flow into a channel below the brazen altar. Guess where it would go? Down to the brook Kidron. The waters of the Kidron would be stained red with the blood of the lambs. So if you can try to understand the Lord Jesus, he's crossing the Kidron on the Thursday night. And just the next day, a matter of hours later, the lambs are going to be slaughtered and the blood is going to start flowing down into the Kidron from the altar in the temple. Just a matter of hours after Gethsemane, this very brook that Jesus is crossing is going to be darkened with the blood of the lambs. But you know, friends, as we think about the blood of the lambs, and by the way, there were a quarter of a million lambs that were slaughtered at Passover time during the week. 250,000 lambs were slaughtered. That's a lot of blood. And it all flowed down this channel 
from the altar in the temple and it flowed down the channel down into the brook Kidron and it's no coincidence that the Lord Jesus walks across the Kidron into Gethsemane. He's pointing us to not the blood of the lambs but the blood of the lamb. He's pointing us to his blood. He's pointing us to the scarlet thread because in the scarlet thread of the Savior's blood is our only hope as sinners. And so John's uh, account here of Jesus uh, going forth with his disciples over the Kidron, it's not just incidental. There's a reason why he includes it, and of course it's the Holy Spirit who guides him and leads him to include it. The blood of the lambs pointing us to the blood of the lamb, the lamb, the only lamb who can save lost sinners. The scarlet thread. But then, of course, whenever the Savior crosses the Kidron, And he enters into Gethsemane. We read in Luke 22 and 44. And being in an agony he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. There's the scarlet thread again. Not only in the blood of the lambs that would flow into the Kidron on that first Good Friday. But the great drops of blood that, dro- that fell from the Saviour's body in the garden. Do you know every pore in his sacred holy body became a wound? This of course would have been of great interest to Dr. Luke. Luke the beloved physician. By the way, how did Luke get his information? Because he wasn't in the garden of Gethsemane. Well, he obviously got it from Peter, James, or John. Or did he get it from the Holy Spirit directly? You see, Paul the Apostle received revelations directly from the Holy Spirit at a later time. I wonder, did Luke receive the same revelation about the Lord Jesus sweating great great drops of blood for, for our salvation? We don't know. But however he got the information, he got it, and he has recorded it here in Luke 22 for our benefit. He speaks there of drops, great drops of blood. In the Greek, it's the word thrombos. It's a medical term. It means thick clots of blood. We we mentioned earlier the the, the term that's given, hematidrosis. It's a rare but very real medical condition that causes one's sweat to contain blood. The sweat glands are surrounded by tiny blood vessels that can constrict and then dilate to the point of rupture, causing blood to leave, uh, blood to effuse into the sweat glands, and the cause of the condition is extreme anguish. Extreme anguish. Oh, the agony that the Savior went through in Gethsemane. And he did it all for us. The scarlet thread in the Kidron, the blood of the lambs. 
And then in the garden, those great drops of blood. Is that where your faith is tonight? Is that what you're trusting in tonight for your eternal redemption? Is it the scarlet thread? Is it the blood of the Lamb? If it is, you're safe and secure for all eternity. If it's not, if your faith is in something or someone else, then you've no hope for eternity. No hope whatsoever. The blood of the Lord Jesus. His blood saves, not ours. His blood Let me move on tonight and speak about the toil. Churchill spoke not only about the blood of the soldiers who would fight in the Second World War, but he spoke of their toil. You see, we find toil in the Garden of Gethsemane. Notice the word agony there in verse 44. And being in an agony. It's the Greek word agonia. It refers to anxiety. Are you troubled by anxiety in these days? A lot of people, a lot of the Lord's people are suffering from it. Panic attacks. Chronic anxiety. If that's you, the Lord Jesus knows what you're going through. He sympathizes with you. But he does more than that. He empathizes with you. Sympathy is when you feel sorry for someone, but you've never gone through what they've gone through. Empathy is when you, you, you feel sorry for someone because you have gone through exactly what they've gone through. The Lord Jesus, your Savior, empathizes with you tonight and his grace will be sufficient for you. Whatever your troubles, whatever your, your, your struggles are, You have a friend in Jesus, a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. Someone who knows what it is to suffer agony, anxiety. It means tension as well. Do you suffer from hypertension? Again, a lot of the Lord's people suffering from it today. It also speaks, this word agony that that Dr. Luke uses here, it speaks of fear before a fight. Fear that grips uh, someone before a contest. The Lord Jesus was engaged, I believe, in Gethsemane in a great contest. And that contest would become more fierce uh, and more... uh, uh, It was going to become more uh, uh, and more... uh, Strong. It was going to become stronger. It was going going to become more and more intense. As he he got closer to the cross, this contest with the powers of darkness, it was going to be a great fight. But thank God he overcame and he conquered. And nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. He toiled in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he did it for us. You see, it's not our toil that saves us. It's his toil. You notice that Luke uses the word earnestly there. Earnestly. 
It's the Greek word ektenos. It means to stretch something. The Lord Jesus was being stretched in the Garden of Gethsemane. It's the idea of stretching a stringed instrument. You know the strings on a guitar or a violin? Stretching them so that the the instrument gives a higher note. The Lord Jesus is being stretched here in Gethsemane. And I tell you folks, what a beautiful note you hear. What a beautiful melody comes from Gethsemane. As the Saviour toils for us, as he endures the agony, as he prays earnestly. He did it all for us. There there are so many people today across the world in, in false religion. And they're toiling and striving to try to earn salvation. But they can't do it, it's impossible. Jesus has already done it. He's done it all. And by his toil we can be saved. We can be accepted by a holy God. You see, in Romans 5, Paul talked about the disobedience of Adam. And then he talked about the obedience of Christ. Adam's disobedience condemns us. Christ's Christ's obedience justifies us. Or to put it another way, Christ's toil justifies us. The work that he has accomplished makes us accepted before God. Blood, toil, tears. Hebrews chapter 5 and 7 speaks of the strong crying and tears of the Lord Jesus in Gethsemane. His tears are part of our redemption. Not our tears. I've come across folk down through the years who who seem to have the attitude, well, if only I can shed enough tears and if only I can be penitent penitent enough and contrite enough and if only I will be, be emotional, then I will get through to the Lord and I will be saved and accepted and forgiven. Nothing could be further from the truth. It's not about our tears. It's not about our emotions. It's about his tears. It's about his weeping in Gethsemane. That's what matters. The hymn writer said... Weeping will not save me, though my face were bathed in tears. That could not allay my fears, could not wash the sins of years. Weeping will not save me. Jesus wept and died for me. Jesus suffered on the tree. Jesus waits to make me free. He alone can save me. I hope you're not here tonight thinking, you know, uh, Jonathan, I, I, I would come to Christ, I would receive him, but you know, I just can't work up the tears and I can't work up the emotions 
And I don't feel ready to come to the Lord because I'm not emotional and I don't have any tears. I want to tell you tonight, forget about your tears and your emotions and all of that. All the rest of it. Forget about it all. For it doesn't matter. God's not interested in it. I'll tell you what he is interested in. The tears of his own son. The tears of his beloved in the Garden of Gethsemane. When he wept for you and for me. I, his tears, save not mine and not yours. What about the sweat? Churchill spoke about the sweat. And of course, we read of the Lord Jesus sweating great drops of blood. Sweat is part of the curse. In Genesis 3 and 19 we read God's curse or condemnation upon our first parents. And the Lord says, In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread till thou return unto the ground. But how come the Lord Jesus in Gethsemane, he's sweating great drops of blood. Well, it's quite simple, folks. The Lord Jesus is becoming a curse for us. He's taking the curse that was placed upon Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. You see, Paul in Galatians chapter 3, he wrote these words, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is every one that hangeth on a tree. If you're in Christ tonight, the curse has been removed from you completely forever. If you're out of Christ tonight, the curse is still upon you. God's curse is upon you. doesn't matter about some witch or wizard or seance or coven somewhere and the curses they put in you. It doesn't matter. The curse that matters tonight is the curse of Almighty God and the curse of the law. And for every person who's out of Christ and has refused and rejected the gospel, the curse of the law abides upon them. The wrath of God abides upon them. But the Lord Jesus sweated great drops of blood in Gethsemane in order to take our curse, in order to free us from the curse. And there's a very interesting illustration in the Old Testament about the the curse and the blessing Whenever the Lord brought Israel out of Egypt and they were about to enter into uh, the promised land, the Lord said in the book of Deuteronomy, now when it, when, before you go into the promised land, I want half of the, the nation to go to Mount Ebal, half of the nation to go to Mount Gerizim and stand there, half of the nation standing on one mountain, half the nation standing on the other mountain. What's the significance of these two mountains? There were twin peaks. They're still there today, obviously, in Israel, central Israel. Ebal and Gerizim. Well, Gerizim was the mountain of blessing. And the Levites would pronounce the blessing on the people who obeyed God's law from Mount Gerizim. But Levites would be on the other mountain too, Mount Ebal, and it was the mount of the curse. 
And they would pronounce the curse, 12 curses in total, upon the the Israelites who would disobey the law of God. Of course, folks, the problem is that the Israelites couldn't obey the law of God. The curse was upon them because every one of them had sinned. And it's the same with every one of us by nature. The curse is upon us, and as we live our lives, the curse remains upon us because we disobey the law of God. But the moment we turn to Christ, the curse is removed. It's like the Lord takes a a spiritual bulldozer and he gets rid of Mount Ebal, the mount of the curse. He levels it. And for the believer, it's Mount Gerizim, the mount of blessing. I want to tell you, good folks, that the Lord Jesus, by sweating great drops of blood in Gethsemane, he has removed the curse for those who will trust in him. He has flattened the mountain of the curse, as it were. And for those who trust him, and if you trust him tonight, it'll be blessing from here on in. The blessing of God will rest upon you. The smile of the Almighty will rest upon you because the curse of the law has been removed. You have been redeemed from the curse of the law. He's quite a saviour. Mr. Churchill spoke of the blood, the toil, the tears and the sweat of the soldiers who sacrificed their lives in the Second World War that we might have the freedoms we enjoy today. And as I often say, who are we to glibly throw them away? I have nothing to offer but blood, toil, tears and sweat. Let me say tonight that I have nothing to offer but blood, toil, tears and sweat. And it's not my blood, toil, tears and sweat, but it's the, the blood, toil, tears and sweat of the Lord Jesus. That's what I offer you tonight. And that's what we offer when we go out into the open air. That's what Brother Ian was offering in Dublin on Thursday The great work of the Savior, what the Lord Jesus has done for us and for all mankind. That's all I offer you tonight. But let me say this, it's all you need. You don't need anything more. You need nothing more to enter into heaven than the blood, the toil, the tears and the sweat of the Lord Jesus. It does it all. His work for you, what he suffered on your behalf, it is enough. Indeed, it is more than enough to open the pearly gates of heaven for you. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you, O Lord, that you are willing to Allow your son to go through the agony of Gethsemane. And we thank you for his blood and his toil and his tears and his sweat. 
And we thank you, Lord, that if we will trust in what he has done for us, then we can be assured of an eternity with you. Lord, we pray that there would be none, that there'd be no one in our congregation who, having heard about all that Christ has done for them, oh, Lord, God forbid there should be anyone who would reject the Savior. For we know, Lord, that they're only bringing down your wrath and your curse upon themselves. We pray for our community tonight. Pray, dear Lord, that you will help people to understand what the Lord Jesus went through for them. And oh, we pray, Lord, for a great move of your spirit, for a great river of blessing, revival blessing, to flow into this village and this community. Hear our prayer. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.